0: Welcome to Lockdown Blackhawks for Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. Jay Zawoski with you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to Lockdown Blackhawks. Greatly appreciate it. I know there's not a lot of hockey going on, but a couple things to get to today. Finally, March Sadness. Blackhawks March Sadness on the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter account is over. We have a winner. I will update you on that. Also saw an interesting... Uh, questionnaire on facebook that i answered that i thought you might be interested in as well uh as we sort of find these myspace file game myspace style games to kill time as we're all sitting at home uh staying home keeping other people safe uh throughout this uh crisis we're all dealing with throughout the world first I want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast Voicemail 708 653 0572. The email locked on blackhawks at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter at l o underscore blackhawks. My personal account at jayzawoski670. And of course, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at Madhouse Pod. So, March sadness was the thing I sort of dreamed up for a bracket style thing to do to celebrate. Uh, I guess celebrate's not the right word. But to, uh, you know, have some fun, laugh at the expense of the not-so-great days of Blackhawks hockey. So we had a 64-team tournament, uh, Blackhawks March Sadness. And I have to admit, this is the first time I've done a bracket on my own. One that I've come up with exclusively by myself. I got some input from my friend Barry Rosner from the Daily Herald on some of the older names to include in some of these categories. But here's the fatal mistake I made. First of all. I had two Bill Wirtz options. Well. Not only that. I had Bill Wirtz options. On each side of the bracket. So it was very likely. That at some point. Bill Wirtz and Bill Wirtz Were going to face each other. In the championship. And guess what happened. Yep. Bill Wirtz won the villains region. Handily. Then. In the terrible moments region, Bill Wirtz takes over for Arthur Wirtz one handily. So the final matchup in Blackhawks March Sadness was Bill Wirtz versus Bill Wirtz takes over. And the winner with a wide margin. There's still an hour left to go in voting, but when I'm looking at this right now, 76% of the vote went to Bill Wurtz, the person, and not Bill Wurtz, the moment. So congratulations, Bill Wurtz, the person, on being the champion of the first annual inaugural. I'm very sorry, Herb Lawrence, inaugural, not first annual. That's not a word. The inaugural Blackhawks March Sadness Tournament. Who could have seen Bill Wurtz rising to the occasion and winning that tournament? There is one uh, really uh, underdog that made it all the way to the regional final, Kyle Beach was the 15th seed in the bus region and almost made it but lost to Alexander Karpatsev. And, um, yep, so there you go. Bill Wirtz beats out. Bill Wertz, takes over in the Blackhawks March Sadness Tournament. So thanks to everybody that voted. Hope you enjoyed that. Next year I'll do a better job at bracketing it correctly so we don't have the same exact final. What are you doing, nuts? Yeesh. Yikes. All right, another thing. Uh, On what night was that? My days are all running together. Tuesday night, did another hot mic broadcast for game six of the uh, conference quarterfinals against the Canucks in 2010 and had a lot of people come out, a lot of people watch, a lot of people participated. Really enjoy doing that. I'm going to do another one uh, on Tuesday, April 7th. That is game three of the Blackhawk sharks series. And you say, Jay, why not do it two two nights later on April 9th? Well, the reason is game three of the Western Conference final holds a very special place in my heart. That is the night my daughter was born. As soon as Dustin Bufflin won that game in overtime, my wife's labor really kicked in. And uh, so what was it started off as a very good night became the best night of my life. My daughter was born uh, at 3 a.m. on May 22nd, 2010 uh, hours after Dustin Bufflin took the Sharks to the brink of elimination. So that's why I'm going to do game three on Tuesday night on Hot Mike. So download the Hot Mike app. Make sure you use the promo code Madhouse to register And uh, join me. Interact with me during the game. What's great about these uh, Blackhawks classics that NBC Sports Net is showing, NBC Sports Chicago rather, is showing is that there's no intermissions. So it's a quick two-hour broadcast from puck drop to final horn. So jump in there. Watch the game with me. Last night, we were just talking about stuff, talking about music, talking about movies. I was showing some of the memorabilia I have around my basement. So real casual, real fun. It's like a second screen. You watch the game, put me on your iPad, put me on your iPhone, whatever, your Android, that works too, and just watch the game with me and talk with me and chat with me. So we raised money last night for the Anthony Rizzo Family Foundation. They're feeding the people on the front lines of COVID-19, the doctors, the nurses, the paramedics, everybody uh, who's working and treating patients, raised $200 for them, and last week we ra- we raised $600 for the Blackhawks COVID-19 Relief Fund. So in all told, $800 so far uh, to help out uh, COVID-19 relief in one way or another. So thank you for your generosity. Hopefully we can get another 200 bucks on Tuesday watching the Hawks and Sharks in Game 3. And look, if we have another good night, maybe I'll do it again on Thursday if people are into it. So uh, what matters is raising money for these good causes. So join me on Hot Mike. It's a guaranteed good time not guaranteed but it's fun i promise you'll like it even if you just drop in even if you just come in and say hello for a minute you don't have to stay the whole time that's for sure but uh, it'd be great to see you on the hot mic app uh watching hawks with me and and more importantly raising money for a very very good and worthy cause so join me there on hot mic tuesday night seven o'clock download the app and i will see you on the hot mic app it's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for joining me here. I know you've got a lot of entertainment options as you're working from home these days. Hopefully you're staying safe. Hopefully you're staying healthy. Hopefully you're staying home. But hey, as you make this part of your new routine, as your as your life sort of changes here for the immediate future, remember to ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Really easy way to listen wherever you are in your home So take me with you wherever you go. And of course, all the shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, just say, hey, Alexa, hey, Google, play the latest episode of Lockdown NHL, and boom, you've got it. All right, so Killing Time, perusing the internet today, came across one of these old school MySpace style, hey, copy and paste and fill out your answers here, right? Um, I've been doing a lot of those, I know everybody has, because it's just a perfect way to kill time and get conversations going while we all needed a distraction, right? So the one I saw earlier was baseball fans copy and repost your all-time favorite MLB player from each team. So I did that, and someone in the comments said, Hey, I'd like to see your list for hockey. like, all right, sounds good. So I did it, and I thought I would share it with you here. So I'm going to go. This is just uh, how I wrote them down in order. I actually did it off the top of my head, which I was actually kind of impressed with. Team one, the Boston Bruins. My favorite all-time Bruin, Cam Neely. Big physical dude, uh, power forward in the truest sense of the word. Also played Seabass on Dumb and Dumber. A lot of people don't know that. Yep, that was Cam Neely. Second team, the Montreal Canadiens, Saku Koivu. Now remember, this is not the greatest Canadian ever. It's not the best player in every franchise ever. It's your favorite. So I think a prerequisite to call somebody your favorite is, is who have actually seen them play. So I never got to see Rocket Richard play, and so on and so on. So Saku Koivu, for a lot of reasons, my favorite ever Montreal Canadian. New York Rangers, always a big fan of Adam Graves. That was a guy I liked as I was really getting into hockey. He was another sort of lower-profile, power-forward type. Um, kind of reminded me of Steve Larmer in his game a little bit. Later they would become teammates, obviously, um, big fan of Adam Graves back in the day. Penguins, I'm not one to usually go with the popular pick, but Mario Lemieux is one of the most dominant athletes I've ever seen in my life. How can you pick against him? Yarmir Yager was a close second for me, but to me, uh, Mario Lemieux was a guy who was appointment television every time he was on the screen. Maple Leafs, I've always been a big fan of Doug Gilmore. Love the way he played the game. Um, Love the way, he wore number ninety three, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, that was always a guy who I, I liked, and he he did play for the Hawks for a while. It didn't work out great, but he was a Black Hawk for a while, and I, I actually enjoyed that because it was seeing one of my favorite guys uh, play on my favorite franchise, uh, the six team, the New York Islanders. I went with Zygmunt Palfi, just good scorer, good personality for the Capitals. Alex Ovechkin for the Blackhawks. Brent Seabrook. This was something that came up another night. I was doing another quiz like this, and it was like, what's your favorite player from every Chicago franchise? And I said Roenick for the Hawks, and then I changed it. I want a guy who's won championships, and that's what Brent Seabrook is. Uh, so I've always loved Brent Seabrook, and I think even though you know his career is what it is right now, uh, looking back on the dynasty, watching some of these games from 2010, being reminded of the stud hockey player that Brent Seabrook was and some of the huge moments he's had in his career. He's my favorite Hawk. There, I said it. Flyers, Eric Lindros, just an absolute freight train on skates. Red Wings, this one was not hard for me. Sergei Fedorov, I always liked Sergei Fedorov. Even when he was killing the Blackhawks, great two-way forward, could score with the best of them. could defend, played wing, played center, even played some defense in his career. Later in his career in Detroit and then in Columbus, he actually lined up as a, as a defenseman a few times. For the Blues, don't really have a ton of Blues I like, so I went with Brett Hull. All right. Ducks, Timus Solani, obviously. Oilers, Paul Coffey. Calgary Flames, Theo Fleury, another guy who was a Blackhawk for a while. Not a very successful one, but a Blackhawk for a while. Ottawa Senators, Marion Hossa. Duh. The Devils, Scott Stevens. The Sharks, Brent Burns. The Lightning, Vincent Lecavalier. I cheated on this one a little bit. The Coyotes, Jeremy Roenick. <laughs> The Avalanche, Peter Forsberg, one of my all-time favorite hockey players. The Canucks, Pavel Bure. The Panthers, Pavel Bure. The Kings, Wayne Gretzky. The Sabres, Pat LaFontaine. The Stars, Darian Hatcher. The Predators, Pekka The Blue Jackets, Rick Nash. The Golden Knights, William Carlson. The Jets, Dustin Bufflin. The Wild, Miko Koivu. And the Hurricanes. I gave it to Tavo Teravainen over Tuomo Rutu. And if you know me... You know, that's a big admission for me, to choose someone over my beloved Tuomo Rutu. So, I don't know, fill this out on your own. It's a pretty cool thing. It was fun to do. I just listed the teams, 1 through 31, and, uh, and went through them all, and it was a good time. So, interesting, some of the names you remember and some of the justifications you have to make to, to root for a guy in a team you didn't really like. That was me with Brett Holt. Like, eh, what Blues player did I like? I kind of like Pierre Turgeon a little bit. Back in the day, I guess Grant Fuhr was a tolerable blue. Could I have cheated and given that one to Martin Brodeur, <laughs> even though it's such a short-lived sort of a thing? The rest of them, though, were pretty easy. I'd say the Oilers was tough. Paul Coffey, um, just a really great skater, great puck mover, but there's so many options. Like Mark Messier is there. Yari Curry was there. That one was a little bit tougher for me. I think that was probably the toughest to choose from but I always loved uh watching Paul Coffey skate another guy who very late in his career decided to be a Blackhawk and be bad as a Blackhawk so yeah if you find that list online get to it and uh and let me know what you think it's Lockdown Blackhawks part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day happy Thursday hope your morning hope your afternoon is going well one more thing I wanted to get to here on the podcast, is the Athletic on Wednesday released their 2020 NHL broadcast rankings, the best and worst markets to watch the games, and I thought this was interesting. I was wondering where the Blackhawks would fall in um, on this list, and I think where they fell is is pretty fair. I'm sure you're asking yourself, by the way, because my plan was to go over the top ten, but you're you want to know who the worst is. And if you've ever watched, if you're an NHL.TV subscriber and you've ever caught yourself watching a Boston Bruins home broadcast, oh my God, Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley. Edwards is the corniest, like Brock Meyer, but serious broadcaster. He is saccharine. Oh and there's such a homer broadcast. So, here's what they had as far as the rankings. They asked for a local and a non-local people to vote. The local vote, the Boston vote rated their home team broadcast 27th. Non-local 31st. That's obviously combined for the lowest ranking in the year of the year. Aside from um, the broadcast being kind of hokey very Homerish. Fans do not like the the way the broadcast looks either. Here's a here's a comment from a voter in Columbus. I'd rather get a colonoscopy from Captain Hook than hear Jack Edwards announce a hockey game. Many of the comments listed him as the worst play-by-play man in the NHL. So the top ten. Let's get right to it. As I scroll down unprofessionally, got to get there. This is a big list. You check this out. If you're not an athletic subscriber, I know they've got a really good deal going on right now. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but very cheap, very affordable. And these are the sort of things we need as the market uh, tanks. These little businesses need your help. So like for three, four bucks a month, get the best sports writing in the country. Add free sports writing. The best Blackhawks coverage in in the city By a mile. Scott Powers, Mark Lazarus, two of the best writers in any sport in Chicago, both covering the Hawks, both for the athletic. You're a Hawks fan. You've got to do it. All right. The number 10 broadcast in all of hockey. It is the LA Kings. There you go. Number 10. Number nine is your Chicago Blackhawks. Now, kind of interesting here. Locally the Hawks were rated 11th non-locally the Blackhawks were rated ninth. So I'll read you the report on the Blackhawks here. First category, the broadcast NBC sports, Chicago carries Blackhawks games with Pat Foley on play by play play by play and Eddie Olchek and Steve Conroy doing color. The results looking solely at out of market responses. Chicago's broadcast ranks as one of the 10 best in the league. And it comes just shy of that in terms of local rankings. Having Olchek on color unquestionably helps in that regard. He was frequently mentioned by voters from across the U.S. as a favorite analyst, and in our poll, Blackhawks respondents appreciated his quality. There's a reason Eddie does the big national games on NBC, said one. Hawks games are lucky to have him, His and Pat's chemistry is off the charts. Foley, too, was well regarded, both in and out of Chicago, with respondents praising the quality of his call his knowledge of the game, and his obvious comfort with Olchek. Chicago fans broadly agreed, with virtually every broadcaster, there's some level of complaint, and the Blackhawks duo was not an exception, but two-thirds of local respondents gave the production the highest possible grade, while just 6% saw it below average. What criticism there was largely focused on areas other than the two primary commentators. Steve Conroy's analysis, for example, was frequently compared to unfavorably to that of Olchek, even though those who gave the broadcast even among those who gave the broadcast high marks overall Techno, technical aspects of the production were also critiqued i'll heartily second those who want to see a regular shot clock added others had concerns over poor lighting and contrast or wanted the kind of high quality slow motion replays that are a fixture on fox the bottom line chicago has a national level crew calling its regional games agreed And I wonder, uh, some people have sort of soured on Pat Foley. I love Pat Foley. He's a big part of the reason I got into broadcasting, no doubt. Um, But I I will say, I think later in his career, and this is sort of understandable, I think Pat feels he's a bit of a made man, which he probably is. And, you know, you work with a partner like Eddie Olchek, and you can, uh, you know, you can slack a little bit and let him carry the weight. I will say. I've heard from people in the organization that some of the players don't love Pat Foley because they feel he's a little bit too harsh sometimes. We've discussed how he will rag on a player if he doesn't like him. This year, uh, Alex Neilander was the victim of that. But in the past, we've seen guys like Tavo Ter- Taravinen the victim of Pat Foley's preferences. Um, so that's a fact, and the players are aware of it. That said, you know, the players should get over it. They're professionals and they're allowed to be criticized. But. Players notice that sort of stuff. Number eight overall, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, It says the bottom line, technical excellence and an able crew distinguish Tampa Bay's broadcast from most of its regional peers. Number seven, the Montreal Canadiens. No doubt about that. Bottom line, despite TSN's strong reputation outside the market, a rotating cast of commentators and a fractured broadcast rights deal have left Montreal fans dissatisfied with local coverage. Number six, the Sharks. Randy Hahn, Jamie Baker, Brett Hedekin, and uh locked on podcast friend, Kendall Coyne. That's their crew. Number five, the Ottawa Senators, Gord Miller, Chris Cuthbert, Ray Ferraro, Jamie McLennan, Mike Johnson, Dave Poulin. That's a great crew. Hard to top. By the way, did I forget Ray Ferraro was married to Cami Granato? Was this common knowledge that it just slipped my brain? I had no recollection of that until I saw it today. St. Louis Blues, John Kelly on play-by-play, Darren Pang doing color, no doubt. I love Darren Pang. He's great. Number three, the Vegas Golden Knights, Dave Goucher and Shane Knighty. Remember Shane Knighty? Shane Knighty with the H in there. Number two, the Dallas Stars, Josh Bugarad, I don't know that name, I'm sorry, and Daryl Ray, really good crew there. I've heard those games. And the number one broadcast in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes. John Forslund and Trip Tracy first locally first non-locally first combined obviously that's that's something the Carolina Hurricanes the number one broadcast in hockey so I thought that was interesting I thought I would bring that to you hopefully you enjoyed it and uh, now when hockey comes back you know some of the better broadcasts to check out and some of the crappier ones to avoid thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Lockdown Blackhawks join me tomorrow morning for more if you've got some questions you want to uh you want to get answered ahead of Talk Back tuesday hit me up 708-653-0572 or lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com until friday be safe be healthy stay home take care of you and yours and everybody else's at the same time my name is jay zawoski thank you for listening to lockdown blackhawks part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day